Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And guess what, Ellie? What? We've got Clemency Burton Hill on the podcast. Yeah! Amazing. Of all the people called Clemency I've ever met, you're definitely in my top five. <laughs> I am so honoured. I can't believe that there's anyone else in the world called Clemency. <laughs> Who else would have such a cruel parent to name them Clemency? But there you go. Anyway, so lovely to see you. Thank you for having oh, me. Oh, we, we are so excited. But this is not the first time we've met you. Um, because Certainly it's not. <laughs> we, we met you a couple of months ago at a place called Hay, the Old Hay Festival. And it was quite a hurried meeting. Um, you don't usually meet people. And then about half an hour later, you appear on stage in a gold cat suit performing Shakespeare. But that's what we did, Clemmy. What happened was basically I fangirled all over you in the most undignified fashion. I liked it. We hate that kind of thing. (laughs) And, you know, the Hay Festival, amazing thing. Incredible writers and filmmakers and everyone's there and I was just losing my (laughs) shit because the scummy mummies were in the green room and that was, I basically just found any excuse to come and talk to you and then was like, can you come and be in a Shakespeare show? I like that you elbowed Jeanette Winterson out of the way. Out of the way. I'm really sorry, but these guys, i got to talk to them. And you brought the house down. Well, we did what we... um... (laughs) It was great. I mean, we performed an excerpt from Hamlet um, and basically I had to explain, she's like... Which one's the king? Wait a minute, I thought he was dead. It was all a bit like that. Um, and there was one of the most famous BBC journalists in the front row, Jeremy Bowen. Great, and a lovely guy called Marcus Brigstock, the comedian. It was a it was a wonderful thing. It goes down as like, you know, in terms of like hashtag life goals. Hashtag weird dreams. Uh, <laughs> also, I would say. Um, but yes, but you know, for those of you who aren't familiar, Clemency, introduce yourself. Oh, God, well, can we call? Can I be Clemmy for a start? Of course. All right. I know you've had a lot of Clemmies on the show. I know we want to distinguish. You're not Clemmy Hooper. You're not Clemmy Telford. You're Clemmy, Clemmy Burton Hill. Oh, I am so uh, over the moon to be your third Clemmy on the show, and I love Clemmy Hooper and I love Clemmy Telford from afar. Beware, because maybe I'll bamboozle them into doing some Shakespeare at Hay Festival next time. Oh yeah. Um, but no, I, it's, it, I'm a I'm a I'm a broadcaster and writer and. Um, very happy to be sitting with the scummy mummies. Lovely. And, and you're, you're a mum. And I'm a mum. Yes, I'm a very scummy mummy. Am I allowed to, uh, I mean, can I have the honour of being a scummy yes, mummy? Yes, you are. You are a scummy mummy. Can't currently fit into a gold cat suit, but... Um, because... That's okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, going to be, uh, going to have another one, hopefully, all being well. So you've got so. a four-year-old already? I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old at the moment. Okay. And then another one right here. Cooking. Cooking in the oven. Exciting. Uh, so how pregnant March. are you? I'm, uh, well, I'm due at the end of March, so I've sort of 
about 20 weeks mm-hmm. about 20 weeks have you not... have you had the scan yeah i just had the scan having another boy which makes me feel very tired already <laughs> um but obviously over the moon so well ellie can coach you because you're basically got the same two boys and about the same age gap as well what what's your top advice then for having two boys oh i don't know just you know like just dvds <laughs> i don't know <laughs> trampolines I just sticks. Know. Yeah. Whenever anyone asks me like advice, I immediately feel like an idiot because I just don't know anything. Yeah. So, I, I think you just, just said it all. Oh, DVDs and trampolines. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty it. much it. Run them like dogs. Yeah. And you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, so going back to like your, your career, Clemmy, um, what is your specialist subject? Um, I suppose my specialist subject is kind of the arts and music, which sounds mm. all very sort of poncy and, uh, you know, elitist, but hopefully not. Like I really... Um, I really love music and I present a radio show on the BBC which is a music show um, on I've the Radio 3s on is the it? Radio 3s yeah. um, and I've always just loved I loved acting when I was a kid I loved uh, music I've loved always loved writing and books and storytelling and all of that stuff so. mm. and now in the summertime you did the BBC proms is that right? I did my 10th year in a row wow that is how old I am you started when you were 17? <laughs> no a child prodigy <laughs> get out <laughs> so what do you do at the proms do you host them is that right? so yeah I present them for telly uh, and for radio and um and, and some live events and stuff beforehand as well sometimes. So, yeah, it's really it's really fun. I love the proms. I think they're an absolutely incredible thing. Um, you get the most wonderful, brilliant artists from all over the world desperate to come to London. We're so lucky in London. We've got them on our doorstep. Not your doorstep in Forest Hill... To be fair, but... <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, we don't have we don't have the Albert Hall, but we do Literally have a very strong branch of the yeah. Weatherspoons. It's very <laughs> nice. It's so weird that the proms hasn't yet relocated to the Catford. <laughs> I think it might happen. It you know, might happen. Dream, believe, achieved, Clemmy. <laughs> um, it's amazing. You can go for six quid. You know, it's the cost of a pint these days. Practically, even in a Weatherspoons. Yes, a fancy pret sandwich. And Every you've got Mozart. single night. You've got well, you've not only got Mozart, but you've got. So many different types of music. You've yeah. got, you know, some some sort of... Sometimes we do, like, classical mashups for things like pop music and grime and hip-hop and Ibiza and things like that. And sometimes it's very straight classical. But mm. you've got a real musical mix. It's completely open to everyone. If you can afford the six quid, then you're in. Every single night, 6,000 people gathering to just hear the music. It's mm. awesome. And I... then last night at the proms, of course, do you ever get a Union Jack for Jazzle? I am not... <laughs> Weirdly, it just hasn't occurred to me. But well, now you're talking. You can have that. There you are. That's <laughs> next um, year. Post birth. No, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would actually go Union Jack. Oh, Jazzle either these days. Just a quaver. Just a. <laughs> just... <laughs> a um, treble clef. A treble clef. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hankering after. Yeah. Treble clef for Jazzle. Like, yeah. I just never knew until I thank God you're in my life. That's right. I'd get D minor. Yeah. Record. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nice. At least you didn't say anything about a G string. So. <laughs> oh, oh, damn it. Oh, I knew She's that cleverer than us. <laughs> Hair on it, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, last night the proms is is a riot. It has, uh, you know, some some traditions that, that happen. Things like people waving flags. But they're not just Union Jack flags. There's always flags from, I think we counted, like, 55 countries or something. This I, always, I always, you know, seek out the Aussie flag. 
Um, one of the when I moved to the UK eleven years ago, I went to the proms because in Australia we herald everything that's British as the most amazing thing. And I used were you to like listen... so let down when you actually got here, and you're like, it's just really shit. It just it's, rains. Oh my god! Same, 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 but with drizzle. Um, yeah, it's and... just betting shops and whinging. That's Britain in a nutshell. <laughs> that's right. A lot of queuing. Um, but yeah, I remember going to the proms for five quid back, you know, eleven years ago. And what I loved is that there were people just sitting and having sandwiches, drinking wine out of a flask, and we were all watching. So sophisticated. <laughs> it's lovely. Not even okay. scooping it up with their hands out of a barrel. Out of a flask, Marjorie. Out of a bloody flask. Oh, I loved it. And just sitting down having a picnic. And then there, there was the poshies behind us who obviously paid ten times or twelve times as much as we had. And we were all just enjoying the same thing. Yeah. And I thought us sitting on the floor having our sandwiches and flasks of wine were having a better time. Yeah, like, well, people always say. I mean, I've, I when I grew up in London I used to go to the proms a lot and I just loved being in the arena which is where yeah. the promers, as they're called, stand or sit yeah. on the floor eating their sandwiches and drinking their wine, scooping it out with their yeah. hands. <laughs> just, just gnawing on chicken bones. Gnawing like on the bones. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, you can go and sit at the proms as well for, for not that much. You don't mm. have to pay 50 quid for a seat at all. But, you know, it's definitely more atmospheric and more fun yeah get in there get in there I would say though if people haven't experienced a classical concert and they may be curious about it or they've heard of the proms but they think oh classical concert do I have to dress up do I have to like look a certain way do I have to know certain things fuck no come along it's cost six I went in thongs I mean it was great (laughs) what did you wear on your feet (laughs) So you mentioned going to the proms there when you so were you always into classical music from quite little was it something you had like how did you get into it did you have it at home or at school or well so I grew up with so my mum's single mum three of us um, but my two older brothers are half brothers different dad and it's fair to say we were not a musical household I mean my mum by her admission is like absolutely tone deaf never played any instrument loves music she's like always responds to it she enjoys it but she never learnt any she can't sing there was no like she's always sort of made that point my two older brothers never played anything maybe the recorder for like a year at school gave it up straight away so I was like a total freak because I just was really into it from a really young age and I saw we were watching telly the Christmas before I was two of course we were watching telly it's what we did in my household um it was Good. 80s. This is what you do. This is, this is cup what, of tea and telly. My mum's approach to parenting yeah. is absolutely the one I embrace myself. <laughs> yeah. um, it was funny root vegetables on that's life. It was a happier, simpler time in many ways, Chloe. <laughs> we were watching telly before Christmas and there was a kind of, I think, a carol concert or something and there was a kid playing the violin and I apparently just got like fixated by this thing and was like, I want to do that. And, uh, you know, you've had toddlers, you don't listen to them. I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. Like, obviously my mum just, like, kept shutting me up and forgot about it. And then I was apparently just kept going on about it. But she talked to a friend who had a friend who had a friend who was, like, who played the violin somewhere. And she talked to her and she said, yeah, actually, because I was like, my two-year-old wants to play the violin. Obviously that can't, Mm -hmm. like, is it even physically possible? And uh, she was like, well, actually, some people think it's the best time to learn. Um, And there's this thing called Suzuki and you can have a look at it. So my mum amazingly, patiently went and like went to the phone. Bought a motorbike, realised her mistake. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fine tuned uh, Suzuki. Uh, No, exactly that. She uh, looked through the phone book, kept phoning people, many multiple motorcycle dealerships. Shut up! Somebody take her! She was on the verge of giving up and then she got through to something called the London Suzuki Group and this amazing, magical human called Helen Brunner who was like, yeah, just bring her along. 
bring her along to a class and she can observe it and see if she likes it. And so I did, and I did, I loved it. And it was, what's interesting about that approach, it sounds awful, right? It sounds like a horrible, like, precocious thing that you're, like, hot-housing three-year-olds to play Mozart. Like, what a freakish thing. But it was founded by this really amazing Japanese guy who believed that music was a universal language and that, obviously, the optimal time to learn a verbal language is when you're really young. And so it's also the optimal time to learn music. And he believed as I do, that we are fundamentally musical species. There's never... Everybody? Everybody, pretty much. My mum might disagree, but um, yeah, I think everyone has the capacity. I mean, there are people who apparently, like, you know, literally have no ability to kind of process it or understand it or respond to it, but they are, like, in the major minority. So, but you were obviously... There was, like you said, there was something in you that really wanted to do it that, like, your brothers didn't necessarily have. Like, can you can you make children musical? I don't think you can necessarily... You can't force kids to do anything, right? Like, mm. that's really hard. If I can put on their shoes and I'll give them a medal. Jesus yes. Christ. I mean, the levels of bribery that oh. go in my household just to get out the fucking door. <laughs> um, just, you know, so I don't think you can force kids to do things. But what you can do is not approach music in the way that I see a lot of um, kids have it sort of forced into them at school or by teachers who are just like who make them really miserable and they don't mm. get to like play really lovely music they have to like play really shit boring exercises and scales and things that kind of aren't very joyful mm. and what was also really amazing about Suzuki is that you play proper music from the very beginning and you play in groups from the very beginning and one of the best things about music making is doing it with other people yeah that's the joy of joys it's really the joy of joys and so like even as like a 5 year old you get really used to playing with your mates and big groups and that's I just absolutely loved that from the outset I mean my niece was learning the violin at school and like she'd been learning for like four years and she was still just kind of like scraping through some really like mind-numbing exercise and I was Mm. like of course she's not mate like why why would she want to do this Mm. Mm. I wouldn't want to do like I think I think that that approach is um well it certainly worked in my case and what's interesting is that uh, a lot of, in fact, everyone that I played with when I was little, I'm like a lot of them I'm still friends with, and everyone still plays. So, yeah, not like his whole thing, Suzuka, was not to train loads of professional musicians. It was to give people that gift to have it kind of in their life all their life. I like actively wanted to go to my violin lessons. I didn't ever want to practice, so there is like a difference. Yeah. It's not like I was a complete freak, and I was like, I can't wait to do my violin. I'm practice. waking up at four a.m., mummy, yeah. and I How will do this. <laughs> there are obviously people like that. I was never that, and it was a constant battle in some ways. But my mum was really clever about it because every time I'd be like, I don't want to practice. She's like, Fine, just don't, just give it up. I mean, see I if I care. See if I care. <laughs> Quite useful parenting <laughs> tactic that one as well. Do you think? Do you think that was the right decision looking back? Or do you ever think, oh no, I wish I wish you'd made me do it for fourteen hours a day? No way! I would never ever have done it for more than I, mean, I did the barest, barest minimum, and I never wanted to be a professional musician. Right. Um, I did play to a really, really high standard when I was younger, and I is you know it's potentially something I could have kind of gone down if I'd really wanted to. But I was just always really interested in other things I would have never given it that dedication in that time you know it's it's like having to be an athlete or something if you're going to be a top top 10,000 hours 10,000 hours you know, and one I've been them... drinking for 10,000 hours <laughs> yeah. I'm really fucking good at it yeah, I never you are the Mo Farah of Chardonnay <laughs> 
But what is, is that thing that you... Who said that, that you do something well, for 10,000 hours? I thought it was Nigel Kennedy who talked about the 10,000 hours. Is it Malcolm Gladwell? Is it that I guy? always fuck this up, listener, so it probably I is... I think Michael it was Joey Essex. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, you were saying about the other music. Were there, were there other music that really influenced you then as a teenager? Do you have, do you have like, your, your teenage playlist or well I mean I think I'd probably put take that back for good on my desert island discs yeah Mm. I mean shameful as it is and that was such a like such a like seminal track in my 1995 days of of the take that who would you you know it was it was always about Robbie for me oh yes cheeky Cheeky. Ellie? Um, oh, I was more NKOTB. I, really? Yeah, never really, really was into the, that. Who, who would you Who would you have done in the... NKOTB, Jordan, yeah. obviously. obviously. Really? Yeah. That's not even a don't question. Say, don't say Donny, or we'll have to split up. Don't no, no, say Donny. Oh, I was more Marky. Marky? Oh. Marky wasn't in NKOTB. Marky Mark was Donny's brother. Oh. He had the fucking funky bunch. See, then I would say Joey. <laughs> Making names up. Damn it. Damn it. Just put, I um, mean, that is someone, but I think you got lucky. I think that was yeah, a lucky guess. Yeah. Marky. Marky Mark. I liked Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I like Marky Mark. It wasn't in NKOTB. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I listened to a lot of Mendelssohn uh, as a. As a <laughs> yes. I was going to say this classical music podcast you like going really well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I listened to lots of like I, I found solace in classical music I played the cello very badly in high school um, but I didn't have any friends so I just that's what I, I kind of found it and you mainly yeah. did Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch covers <laughs> didn't you <laughs> that's right on the cello um, oh yeah. Joey <laughs> yeah I always listened to everything basically I was never like I'm only going to listen to classical music I loved all types of music and then I got into when I was about 15, six, maybe 16, 17, I got really into um, UK Underground Garage. Oh, yes! Yes, 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 yes! yes. <laughs> you and I are probably on the, like, raving floor together in some, like, and southeast they're London. They're loving park. it, loving it, loving it. We're loving it right, right now. now. <laughs> um, when I look up, it's up, look, we can make it through the night. Yeah, yeah I just feel like DJ like an MC Neat. Fuck yes! <laughs> influential as we the Mendelssohn. We thought we loved it but now we love her even more. <laughs> I just fucking love that shit. I like and I went to a school where there were a lot of rude boys who were like this was their thing and I just kind of absolutely just went I want to. I want to be with those boys. Like, I'm going to down my violin. Music. I'm yeah. going to go with you guys. Well, it's true. Yeah. Actually, I did. In my mind, they were the same thing. Like music was just music, huh. but I was very aware that like it was absolutely not cool to play classical music or be into it. And so it was kind of something that I did on the down low. There was definitely mm. some shame around it. But then and there came a point where even Garage was not cool. I knew oh, Garage yeah. was over when my dad came in and went, so where is Aya Natta? And I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh, no. UK Garage is over. Oh, <laughs> oh no, Aya Natta, I mean, have you got, have you got go-to songs? Obviously you're in, in a nice peak bit of pregnancy now. You're in the middle of it. Have you got, have you got, have you got songs that get you through the day I definitely have um, pieces of music that I'll kind of like turn to if I'm really in crisis like mm. I just can't deal with I don't know toddler shit everywhere and not literally shit but you know the porridge that gets caked to the chair and the Lego underfoot at all points it doesn't matter what room you're in no, like, you know no. I've massively found in the last couple of years particularly that music's much more of a kind of spiritual um, salvation stay yeah. with me um, than I was kind of ever expecting it to be I loved music all my life as I say like whether it was <laughs> Garage or Nuka's on the Block or Mendelssohn I have just always had it in my life it's like a 
it's like a friend almost like mm. I just there was never ever probably there's like, there's never been a day when I haven't listened to music there's, mm. and I had a really tough couple of years relatively speaking for someone who lives in you know middle class London and whatever obviously lots of people out there with far worse problems but I've had a tough couple of years and it's really been miraculous to me kind of what music has been able to do in terms of sort of spiritual nourishment getting me through really really dark times um I do think I mean at the risk of sounding like a complete fucking fruitcake I do think music has got quite magical powers Mm. and um it's a mind-altering substance yeah and it's interesting like you know that when they're one of the most amazing things I've seen recently when there was the Manchester bombing Mm. and a crowd of Mancunians got together and they just started singing Mm. one song and it felt like a very healing or way of connecting no I think you're absolutely right and as I said like we've always as a human species that is how we have communicated it's how we've evolved it's how we've kind of figured out how to be and human beings come together and they sing and whether that's at football matches whether that's at funerals whether that's in the school choir whether that's Mm. you know on stage at the Royal Albert Hall there's something that is just so extraordinary about that of like voices coming together and I you know I'm not surprised I haven't I was always a shit singer and so I didn't really ever sing oh I'm I'm dreadful but yeah but there's something about it that is just kind of um something that's amazing so you asked if I had like specific go-to songs I've got kind of specific go-to composers and then yeah if it's not classical then there are definitely things that I will kind of come back to again and again yeah. and again some pieces I just know will get me out of myself if I'm mm. in a real pickle um, so I'm very I feel very grateful for yeah I thing. always put on funk if I want to uh, funk shut up Ellie shut up funk. I put on funk if I want to clean the house yeah exactly put on a bit of funk why does that sound weird? Because <laughs> says, I like funk. No, it goes, what kind of music? Like, I like funk. Do you? <gasps> Who's your favourite funk artist? Well, yeah, I have like a best of funk CD and I put it on. <laughs> Who's on it? It's all kind of... Like kind of that kind of funky music. <laughs> She's doing the face at me and I'm embarrassed. She's genuinely Pause the, the podcast face. and I'll Google it and then I'll sound more intelligent. No. <laughs> Personally, I prefer Bossa Nova. (laughs) Did you just get your musical taste off of like a Yamaha keyboard from 1987? Yes, yes, yes. The Swiss waltz. I like a Swiss waltz myself. Um, Great. I'm glad you like that. Do you put on a music? On a a music. I do put on a music, yeah. I, I have to be honest and say I... I'm not super... I love I love listening to you talk about music, Clemmy, and I love... I totally get... But for me, it just... And I feel like... This is like me saying I have no soul. It just no. doesn't do it for me no, in the same way. It's interesting, because like, we listen to Classic FM. Sorry, it's like saying... Yes. <laughs> because we really love the Lord of the Rings soundtracks, in a nutshell. But we, Fuck me. We listen to Classic FM when we're driving sometimes yeah, yeah. and I Ellie, love a classic FM on a Sunday morning yeah, yeah. it a, is basically John Williams and Elves but yeah, fuck it I know. a bit of Harry Potter yeah, nice. exactly a bit of Hans Zimmer yeah. um, which is always lovely um, but also we listen to Fleetwood Mac yeah and that like and one of the things that bonds Ellie and I is the Spinal Tap soundtrack oh, so mm. you see you're not immune to the I like the Graceland album I like the oh, Fleetwood Mac Graceland. Rumors album I mean um, what an album what an album I mean it's quite you like funky. Africa Africa by Toto <laughs> it's a bit I mean that's I do like that do I, like actually, the, I like the I like the Reggae soundtrack <laughs> I listen to that quite a lot oh my um, god because Ellie and I have talked about this before is that Ellie does meditation but I will I will put on 
I'll put on maybe like Mozart's clarinet concerto. Oh, which good choice. But, and that will just send me into a yeah, trance. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. So if I try and do meditation, I can't mind. I literally just get more stressed. Like, yeah. it really stresses me out. Yeah. I'll sit there and be like, be fucking mindful! Be mindful! <laughs> don't be weird! Find, don't be weird! Be present! Shopping be present! Shopping find list. the mindfulness! <laughs> and then I just get more and more and more worked up. Whereas mm. I find, like, I could put on a piece of Bach or Mozart, or it doesn't have to be classical. And that is the thing that just kind of, like, oh, reset. Like, that does allow yeah. me there to kind of... But, you know, you do you, mate. I mean, it doesn't... I, I don't think there is in any way i just don't think people should be feeling like oh i should listen to this i should listen Mm. to more if i if i don't there's something wrong with me especially when it comes to classical music i think what's really sad about classical music it's been so marginalized in our society that people don't feel like they are empowered to listen to it on their own terms it's like i don't have the right background i don't know what to wear i'm not sure what it means i just you know but then as you say you put on classic fm and you listen to the music and it's bloody lovely and then you Mm. respond to it as you do and it's fine i like when there's a bit of drama so i like i genuinely love river dance which i know is the nappiest i love all these people in their little leather shoes doing their love that love the opera with the people in a big frock going up a mountain whatever a lot of death ellie can't sit in a room watch a man play the violin no bored shitless really am I just a philistine no of course not there's no there's nothing that says you should like this or you should like that and if the the important thing is that you feel like you can go and watch a man playing a violin and then leave at the interval if you don't like it fucking go that's That's too short screw you wing hall I feel like it's like skiing I like the idea of it but I'll see you in the bar I think that's that's being music in a nutshell well maybe maybe we should maybe we should challenge each other Ellie I'll take you to a classical music thing you can take me to what you like a pub (laughs) how novel that would be for you I I would take you to Riverdance I would love to take you to Riverdance we'll go to Riverdance alright and I'll take you to um, I don't know I'll take you to Weedmore Hall. I feel like you should incorporate a bit of river dance into your show. I feel like a oh bit my of God. river dance One with gold caps. It's been known to me. I oh, feel like she is quite. I something. would pay good money to watch you two in your gold cat suits do your river dance. Michael Flatley, I think we should have on the podcast. Yes. I used to have a thing at university. Whenever Bewitched came on, I would be compelled like the red <laughs> shoes I would be compelled to drunk and river dance and it became like my thing like, like my the green shoes amazing and I forgot about it and then a couple of Christmases ago I was in a pub with some old school friends and Bewitched came on and I went right here we go like, and it was like one, it was like a lock in it was like one in the morning so like off I go diddly, diddly. and this woman came up to me at the bar and she was like it was amazing. You professional Irish dancer, and I was like, "Yep, yep." I've, uh, I'm Michael Flally. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Clemmy, we have a listener question <gasps> for you. Amazing scenes. Mm. Uh, uh, so, Natalie O'Toole uh, she wants to know: Should we normalise going out to a concert? Maybe the question should be: What can orchestras, choirs, and other arts organisations do better to reach out to school children and introduce classical art in all its forms as a fun thing to participate in? Well, it's a very, very good question, Natalie O'Toole. Thank you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. For asking it because I feel really passionately that it has to start young because mm. it's no good being like right hit 40 now got my mortgage got my kids I've now got to suddenly start going to classical music because that's what like old people do not the 40s old obviously <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so, get out of my house bitch <laughs> <laughs> you said 40 the other day obviously I know that's like, oh, I'm not very far off myself back it up back it up back it up now it's more wine that's what um, 40 plus people do um <laughs> So I think, and especially as kids, you'll see, like, their reaction to music is really authentic. Like, if they don't like something, they don't like something. But if they do, they do. They don't yet know that classical music is something that they're supposed to, like, not like, or it's not cool, or it's what posh people do, whatever. Um, So I think it's really important that you can get kids um, into it, and just hearing it early. And, you know, back in the day, kids would have been exposed to it so much at school that it wouldn't have been, the onus wouldn't have been so much on people like the orchestras and the concert halls to kind of make that happen now that's not the case and particularly you know for kids who aren't growing up in like privileged backgrounds where they mummies are going to pay for their violin lessons says she who obviously had a mum who did pay for violin lessons but, I <laughs> but she was a stripper yeah. she was a stripper Let's she just worked say that. every just say that. <laughs> we had a lot of people living in our house let me tell you so my poor single mum could pay for my fucking violin lessons <laughs> And one of my brothers were like... "Um, (laughs) Well, she sold one of them, so... (laughs) It was all worth it. Um, Britain is actually really strong when it comes to arts organisations and their outreach programmes. There's not an orchestra in the land that doesn't want young people through the doors, not least because their arts council subsidy depends upon it, but I think it's also they genuinely, you know, want to make sure that it feels accessible to everyone. So a lot of them do have schemes like education schemes or like come and play days or you know uh, kids concerts family concerts things like that so I'd say like wherever you're living if you do a bit of research there's probably an orchestra or an arts organization that does have a really good uh, education program or outreach program look so basically we're saying you know for some people it can be difficult to find an entry point for classical music what if there was some sort of 
book, Clemmy, that told people what to listen to every day for a whole year so that they would understand the whole of music. That sounds like a great idea, Ellie. Oh, why doesn't someone write that? Wait a minute, they have. Oh my goodness. Now let's have a look at this. Year of Wonder by... Oh, it's by... It's your book, Clemmy. It's your book. Hey, I've, I've written a theme song for this book, Ellie. Oh, let's hear it. Welcome to our scummy podcast, Clemency Burton Hill. We are RC, you're so classy, and we think you're really brill. You wrote a book all about music, Mozart, Haydn, Haydn Cage and Bach. Now you're on hey. a filthy podcast. Bet you're thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> I love it. I rhymed bark and fuck. I'm, who's Kate? <laughs> no, I'm Mozart, Haydn, Cage and Bark. Oh, Cage. John, John Cage. Cage. It's in the Boom. book. So um, tell us about this book, Year of Wonder, Clemmy. What, 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 what's going on? Well, it's called Year of Wonder, Classical Music for Every Day, as you have just lovely uh, Ellie told everyone. Thank you for that. Um, and it is basically exactly that. I've just chosen a piece of music, a piece of classical music to listen to every day. Um, and we cover kind of a thousand years of music over 366 pieces. And it kind of came about because people I noticed were stopping me sometimes in the street they were random strangers Oi, clemency aren't you that clemency off radio three um but mostly like friends family whatever and it was kind of like people were asking to do like a really shady drugs deal it was like <laughs> tell me tell me tell me it was like mate you know like could you could you really it was like basically like can you sort me out i've like, oh, got out? some really hardcore vivaldi hardcore <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a fifth out? season but don't tell anyone <laughs> can you sort me out <laughs> with a classical playlist yeah i mean someone should write the fifth season ellie i feel like could, i mean you know, i feel like it could be me with the musical talent that's around this yes, table yes um, so I just thought there is a real hunger for people to know more about this stuff, but they feel for whatever reason that it's not something that they have access to. It's yeah. not something they feel comfortable exploring. Um, obviously the sort of technology now means that there's a lot of classical music that's available online, mm. but it's no good me being like, yeah, just go on Spotify. There are 30 million classical tracks. It's like, what the fuck? Is, I mean, where do you begin? Yeah, yeah. Go for your life. So I kind of wanted to curate something that felt very, uh, just accessible for anyone you could do it, you know, on your commute. You could do it loading the dishwasher. You could do it with your kids. Putting doing it, out. Doing it, meaning, like, having a little listen. Yeah. Uh, so each day there's a, a page, obviously, <laughs> it being is, a book and everything. This is, um, this is what is wonderful. This is... I, I, some of them are really short they're like five lines yeah, it's not that, I love that because yeah. it's not like everyone's a Wikipedia page it's not like this was written by this guy this thing blah 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 it's like interesting actual nuggets of trivia which as I think we've just established I love but like like oh. good facts for a pub quiz that's no, what I want and it, it's wonderful and you have written it like you're writing to a friend going and there's, there's bits in the like winter like in, in UK winter going grab a glass of red wine have this this is delicious or you talk about the gossip of Saint-Saëns who wrote Carnival of the Animals which I think is one of the you know it's a glorious piece of work but he was embarrassed about that and I liked the gossip in it but it's nothing more than a page so you can literally listener take it to the toilet and you feel like you've educated yourself <laughs> that's Helen's highest recommended oh, it is, is. is take it if to you, the toilet if it means that you leave your Instagram outside the door oh, and you do one dreamy because I just really wanted to remind people that 
all of this stuff was made by actual humans who had actual human concerns, often very similar to ours, you mm. know. And uh, the, the idea that classical composers are this kind of weird breed that occupy like some different plane of existence and write mm. music to kind of deliberately make us feel stupid because we don't know how to pronounce something or we don't know what it means is just bollocks. Basically, these were thinking, feeling, loving, grief-soaked, happy, whatever they were. They were human beings who were just compelled to... Com- to express themselves through this glorious music, you know, a lot of it. Most well, they of were the bewitched the, of their day, weren't they? Yeah. Indeed, if not the new kids on the block, you know, they <laughs> they just had to get those messages out there. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. life is a roller coaster. That's what they were mainly saying, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of stuff in there that is quite familiar, and there's a lot of stuff that was actually a discovery for me over the last few years as I've been doing the breakfast show. Obviously, like, my day job is to kind of play music to people and hopefully improve their day. Mm. So that's sort of also where the inspiration came from. Mm. Because I think that's... I, so I get, like, again, it's, it's not even though I'm a beginner. I mean, I don't really care for music, do I? But it is a... It's not, it's not like... I don't feel like if you were reading that as an expert, you'd be... It's not for idiots, do you know what I no, mean? No, no. And there's, there's bits... Of, there is bits... Of, I'm just speaking for you now. You're talking about... Um, it's great. i pay you later. Yeah. <laughs> there's bits where you're talking about this female composer who does sort of an Asian-inspired um, uh, songs and you, and you say grab a gin and tonic. Obviously, I'm just mentioning the bits where you <laughs> talk just, about alcohol. There's like the odd entry that doesn't mention booze, but <laughs> over 366 days. And that's why we're going to do a collabo. We're going to match the music with the with alcohol drinks. Oh. New idea. Yeah. Cheese. Oh, cheese, cheese and music. Cheese and music. Yes. Yes. Cheesic. <laughs> oh. Thank you for the choosing <laughs> the cheese we're eating. It's really good. It. And I, I like short things. Like, look, that's just two sentences. I mean, that's great. And you feel like you've learnt something. That is the one where I basically say this just feels like drinking a lot. Was that your last entry? Wine. You're like, oh, fuck this. Just, <laughs> have, it, just have it with a glass of wine. Shut up. Press play on the CD. But, you know, that is an etude by someone called Alexander Scriabin. That doesn't sound that welcoming to me. Whereas no. a large glass no. of red wine bloody does. Yeah, I did When that. you listen to the piece of music, it's just a really luscious... It comes on the 16th of January. It's like, bloody hell, it's the middle of January. You just need, like... a music that feels like a large glass of red wine yes exactly but most of them do at least try and impart something informative about it and it's not a guide to classical music at all but if you did go through the year and you did bother to read every single entry i hope you'd come away feeling like you had a pretty good grasp on on how music evolved and the big ideas and the big players Mm. in that but i also wanted to uh, include a lot of people who are usually left out of the classical canon so women for example yes there was a woman born the same year as me a scottish lass who i can't remember her name go on What's anna meredith that's the one Legend. i listened yeah so i was like oh wow look at that next year barks in your cages very exactly. good and your samuel barbers um, also women that go right back to like the 11th century like mm. hildegard of bingen who's there were women back then <laughs> who knew <laughs> Hildegard, of course she was called fucking Hildegard. Hildegard, what a legend. Hildegard is badass. She just was clearly like a multitasker extraordinaire and she Mm. wrote really beautiful music in the 11th century. You know, I found actually a lot of the stories of the women particularly moving because they've just been written out of the canon. Yeah. And uh, particularly where... um, you know, people like Fanny Mendelssohn, who was the sister of the much more famous Felix Mendelssohn. Mm. If you think about the sort of struggles that women had to go through, because they were never going to get their music published, they were never going to be taken seriously, they were not going to, like, they weren't really allowed to do this, especially if they came from 
sort of, you know, middle class backgrounds or bourgeois backgrounds. Though the whole idea was that they would just, you know, marry someone and have the children so, do yeah. the things. Uh, so actually, it's kind of all the more remarkable when they sit down and they get this stuff out. I mean, Fanny Mendelssohn wrote 500 pieces, probably. I mean, that, you know, I found that really... We've nearly done as many podcasts. Awesome. I mean, come on now. I think she would have um, She would have been a fan of the Scully Mummies. Old We'd Fanny. have had her on, wouldn't oh, we? Yeah. Especially because you saw Fanny. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say that enough. Spiritual sister. <laughs> so, yes, Year of Wonder, it's called It's Out Now. Get your chops around that. You know, as I say, hopefully parents can do it with their kids it's like a nice little ritual and i i found um it did actually slightly save my life this idea that every day i could just kind of find a sort of soul refuge in music um and so it kind of it, it initially came about because that's what i was sort of doing i was I was relying on music to get me out of a tough time and, and it really did now it's time for the scummy rummy confessions and helen don't you have a music related scummy confession for us yes i do so can i can i go back a few years ellie take us back in time take us back Right, so I had an inappropriate music interlude when I was having sex, and I was performing a sex act on a man. <laughs> a sex? You're not you're not writing for the news of the world. <laughs> okay, so I was giving a guy a blowjob. Yeah, and there's a very famous song in Australia called "I Co- I Sucked a Lot of Cock to Get Where I Am." Oh, and that, that sounds lovely. Is that the national anthem? <laughs> And it came on the radio as I was performing this sex act. And it was like, it goes, I sucked a lot of cock to get where I am. And I said, and I released. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean release? Were you biting? Did you, have to, did you have to unlock the jaw? And I just went, I can't work under these conditions. And then I ended it all. I thought I did, it, was, it was just really inappropriate music. for. Well, yeah, what was it doing on the radio? What sort of country are you from that they would play that song uh, on the radio? So inappropriate. What, anyway. did, what did the receivers oh, say? Really, it, like it, was top, top, it was like, no, 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 no keep going. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is at university. I love the fact that you were like, I can't work under these conditions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I want to pay rise. And, uh, and That's need right. to equal need to clarify the maternity leave. And how about flexible working while we're at it? You That's know. right. I just thought you were going to be like singing along. Mike. <laughs> be like, I've sucked a lot of karaoke. Karaoke. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that. Oh, I'm so sorry. But yes, um, so Scummy Mummy Confession, for me, not music related. But um, my little one, Joe, um, he's got super into Bing lately, like massively, even more than before. He's Bing obsessed to the point where the uh, he has started calling me Flop instead of Mummy. <laughs> the other day he was like, can I have some cereal, or Flop? And I was like, <laughs> that is too much television. What did so, you do? Uh, I said, yeah, sure you can. Bing. Uh, no, I didn't. I just, I just panicked and then thought, oh, I'll say that on the podcast. That's because you look a lot like Mike Rylance, I think. I'm Mike Rylance! Oh, shut up, shut From up. From Mikey Mike and the Funky Bunch. I'm so sorry, Mark. I know you're a big fan. Yes. I'd actually forgotten about funk until that moment. Funk! <laughs> funk! doing a little bit of wee right now I'm, do, I'm doing so much wee I mean like my fucking pelvic floor can I just run and go to the loo oh yes see is it how much of it how bad is it that I don't even worry about the fact that my kid just watches TV all the time as I said like I'm very much an 80s child and it's just a kind of like it's it's okay my scummy mummy's confession which is not really confession it's just like my day to day life so I was like he's three and a half now is it um is it bad that like he's never 
actually like eaten a vegetable yet. Like it's not really a confession. No, it's no, more like no. a that's fine. Does it? At what point does it start to matter? No, my um, children will only eat carrots if they are cut like julienned, and if I tell them that they're from Wales and say they're Welsh, because <laughs> one of their lovely grandmas is from Wales and she made Charlie like she was like, oh, these are Welsh bunny carrots like two years ago, and now it's literally the only vegetable he will eat. But what's a back chat that my son is capable of? He would just look at me, he'd be like, no, they're not the carrots. Like they're vegetables. Like he just like it's just. But I was just thinking when you were talking about the like watching too much TV thing, like does it matter that like I just don't He's... give a shit about the TV and he... the vegetables? Well, Is that we've really got bad? friends we've got friends who it's are twenty seventeen, like, like all oh, we just bombarded the entire time with messages about screen time and vegetables and clean eating. I think I you're like, like listening to too much classical music. Well, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that's right. Don't ask us, Clemmy. Jesus, look at the state of us. No, look, you know, is he is he cuddled? Is he loved? Is, yeah. Has he got scurvy? I mean, yes, that's it. Well, that's the question. It's he's like... obviously very bright if he's if he's challenging you every day. The I think that chat is just. Does it get any better? No, um, no, they get more words. It's worse, right? Um, <laughs> no, they yeah. get more eloquent with it though. It gets more creative and yeah, sophisticated. And back chat. Uh, mm. anyway, good luck with the new baby and. <laughs> finish the podcast <laughs> it all gets easier from here on in Clemmy. that's all you need to know at this juncture okay great so yes thank you very much for listening to the podcast please rate review and subscribe and if you want to come and see our live shows we're all over the country just go to scummymummies.com and click on live shows for details yes we're on the instagram and all that at scummy mummies our book is still in print still in print still available on on the amazon but Buy Clemency's book also, Year I of really Wonder. I really hope that the algorithm just sorts it out and it's like, if you bought this, you'll also buy it. <laughs> I just want to be happen. on yes, the yes. same algorithm as the Scummy Mummies book, which I fucking love, by the way. You oh. gave it to me at Hay and it's the best thing I've read all year. Thank Heard you. it first. Oh, Clemmy, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for coming on and putting up with us, <laughs> mainly. Thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Brie and Bark. Yeah. Brie and Bark. <laughs> I'm sure we can do better than I that. Think, I think we can. I'm I sure we can. That, that's, that's our Hay Festival talk. <laughs> we'll do a cheese tasting and a music listening. Yes. Cam and Bark. Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> just is like, please. Oh, oh God. I want to go home. Oh, I remember this I'm moment so, so well. When you were pregnant and everyone else in the room is pissed. And it's all really jolly for about an hour and a half. And, and then about like, 10 o'clock, oh, you're just oh, God, you're everyone's so dreadful. Funny. I hate this. Why did I ever like drinking? I, everyone, I'm really tired. Bye. And then you just leave. And just <laughs> leave. Like, what a bunch of cunts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Kerry. I'm so no. sorry. There's, uh, I'm just, I just, I'm sure we can do better than Cam and Bark. But <laughs> I can't. I'm trying. I know. I know. Racking my brains. I can't I even think of another type of cheese at the moment. Brise. Brise. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.